Dude, this Barstool That's sex like, podcast changed my life. Why? Well, tell me about it. Wait, uh, this is like the number one podcast, right? It is. I Is it? I think it is. It is. Is it the two girls? It's the two girls. Yeah. And they're it, like, oh my God. Rah, rah, rah. It is. Ins- I've never heard anything like it. It is. It is like a glimpse into another world. You know, like most things you watch or listen to, the hosts are like, you know, they're like smarter or like whatever. Us. It's like, yeah, but it's like, or like they have some sort of like irony or, or depth to them. And this is like every weird stereotype of movie. It's like a com, you know, comedy movies about college and the dumb girl in it. It's yeah. like that kind of, it's like the dumbest people, but it's, they're all depraved. I mean, they, they're like, their whole thing is that the, it's a neo-Marxian point of view because like the world is a struggle between fuck boys, which they, they use that term often, which for, I'm assuming 30 year old women seems, maybe they're in the late, late 20s. Fuck boys and then whores. They call themselves whores or holes. What? They call themselves whores or holes. They're like, we got two holes sitting here. Are you, are yes. you fucking kidding me? No. That's disgusting. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, damn, women say that? That's crazy. But, uh, sorry, women can't say that. Women, don't say that. That's crazy. So, yeah. Well, I'm assuming you're one woman. They're two women. They've told me they do say that. You're saying no. Give me a I'm second I'm telling opinion. them, don't. like. Ladies, hit the true and <laughs> Tell me if you're a whole. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. It's, it's, it's insane. And they, they, My God, they, what is wrong with our... You know what? Bring on the caliphate. Br- honest? Well, no. We don't need a caliph... Well... Because so, here's the thing with the caliphate. Here's the thing with the caliphate. As I discovered, degenerate society. As I discovered, and I discovered over there, they have a bunch of wives. So it's all the caliphate is poly by nature. Yeah, I know that's the problem with with, with Mormonism the, and all that stuff. It's like mm, poly religions. Well, we can have a different caliphate. Well, we no no well no yeah well yes we need we need. Well, my prescription to this is not a, is not a, is not one that I think I should say. Yeah, I don't online. think we need to say any. But women can't podcast. Yes. Speaking of pedophiles. <laughs> um, and limited hangouts. And limited hangouts. So I don't know if you've heard, ladies and gentlemen. National Public Radio. Is it NPR that's doing it? Well, isn't it in partnership? Well, wait. First, hello. Welcome. To True Anon. To True Anon. We're not on National Public Radio. No. We never are. Never will be. We're on International Private Radio. <laughs> international Patreon Radio. Yes. Um. So, hello. I'm Brace. That's Brace. I'm Liz. Our producer, Young Chomsky, in the house. Um, the sole non-pedophile pedophile, non-pedophile podcast <laughs> in existence, and that includes this new one. Yeah, last episode, we said, since Princess Eugenie dropped her podcast names, mm-hmm. that we could still lay claim to being the, the only non-pedophile Jeffrey Epstein podcast. Now... NPR, Serial, uh-huh. Planet Money. Those types. Whatever. Uh-huh. These dorks are yeah. launching their own podcast. 
about Mr. Jeffrey Epstein. And you know what? We're still laying claim. We are still the only non-pedophile podcast about Jeffrey Epstein. Period. End of story. Uh-huh. So spill the tea on this. Who is this Adam McKay character who's who's shitting this thing out? Well, okay. It's sounds like it's a partnership between Adam Davidson. Adam Davidson. Adam Davidson, who is um, became famous from doing Planet Money ah. on NPR um, and doing some partnerships with This American Life. And yes. that's, I think it's like slightly affiliated with Serial now. Uh, um, that shit all sucks. <laughs> Remember the lady from Serial wanted to fuck that dude in prison? Wasn't that like the point of the podcast? Yeah, and she was trying to get down with the... And then they got an HBO show. That's what we're hoping for, guys. Yeah. Stay tuned. An HBO show about the lady from Serial fucking Anand (laughs) Syed, the murderer. Um, Alleged murderer. No, he's not alleged. He did it. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, so Adam Davidson is doing it in partnership with, you're correct, Adam McKay, Mm -hmm. who is, um, of course... Famous for big Hollywood director. He uh, has a production company with Will Ferrell. He also directed the movie The Big Short. Oh, you got a lot to say about that, don't you? Well, I really hated that movie. Why? I I don't remember any of it. You don't watch movies. I saw The Big Short, I feel like. It was about money. Yeah, so just to be fair like no one listening well maybe some people listening to this know me but you guys don't really know me you're lucky is that um the 08 crisis is like one of my triggers yeah she flips out whenever i talk about it which (laughs) i do all the time like yeah it's like a it's like a real big it's a big thing for me Mm -hmm. we'll just say and um the big short not just the film but the the book by Michael Lewis like did a real bang up job really um focusing on like complex financial instruments kind of lionizing like a very uh small group of individuals what the fuck are you doing dude? I'm getting my charger out okay sorry we're going to have to like you can't just like distract like that I'm not trying to distract you I'm trying not to distract you <laughs> Anyway, Brace is so annoying. Um, that movie does a great job of basically creating anti-heroes mm-hmm. out of the very people who, like, without the people that are profiled in the film yeah. and in the book, the crisis would have been incredibly bad. The mortgage crisis would have been bad. But it would not have been as as systemic as it was because these fucking assholes... These are not good people. And that movie makes them look out like, oh, we're just we're just getting our own because the bank's really fucked up and they're yeah, not looking. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. These people bet against the banks uh-huh. and brought down the banking system. And Wait, don't we want to do that? Millions of Americans lost their homes. Oh, we don't want to do that. No. None of these people are in jail. Yeah. And and that movie really focuses on this sort of like, oh, if only, you know, these complex financial instruments, if only we didn't use those, then it wouldn't have like been Glass so Eagle? bad. No, like talking about CDOs and, and other um, kind of like underwriting other uh, mortgages. But uh, my point is... That movie and that book painted a picture of what happened in that in in the financial crisis in such a way that it absolved a lot of the actors that were in, very much responsible. And and you know the Senate 
in Senate hearings, they referred to the big short. Mm-hmm. Like our actual the government. Movie yes. And the book? Yes. Well, yeah. And I'm- you know, like there have been Okay, so that's that on that on that movie and book. But fucking Adam Davidson. Do you want to talk a little bit about Adam Davidson? I would love to. I wish I could talk about him in the past tense, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Jesus. Allegedly. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, no, like just like I had just seen him and he oh, left perhaps. Yes, yes, yes. Forever. Uh yeah, let's talk about this Adam Davidson scumbag <laughs> who's not only stealing our intellectual property, which is the world of Jeffrey Epstein, but also um I don't know what else he's stealing, but probably other stuff too. Maybe my shtick of being a very smart guy. Uh, yeah, Adam Davidson, uh, he was a big fan of Saddam Hussein, correct? Was he a big fan of uh, Saddam? No. <laughs> no, but he was in um, he was in Baghdad for a long time, mm-hmm. I believe. Very suspicious. Now, he wrote a lot of articles uh, sort of in the lead up to the Iraq war, uh, kind of David Brooks style, of just like man on the street in Jordan saying like, I, there's one famous one he wrote about, uh, it, it, I think he's two Jordanian uh, businessmen or two Iraqi businessmen in Jordan who are like, oh man, once the Americans invade, our economy will be really good. And he sort of just published that. Like, I mean, there's just these two random people talking. There's a reason you're publishing those two people's opinions, right? Yeah, what's funny is there's a little note in some of this history about Adam Davidson is that he had to supposedly flee the country in mm-hmm. 2004 because he was being accused by Iraqis of yeah. being a CIA operative. So, okay, that's also stealing my bit. Uh, <laughs> however, I was never accused by Iraqis or Syrians of being a CIA operative. Just Americans. Just like... Just, just American communists. Just, mm, I would say... More like severely mentally ill old Jewesses. That's a pretty big... Fleeing the entire country because of that is a pretty big... Because he says, it's like, oh, it's just this one sheik said it. Like, yeah, you could just move to a different part of Iraq, dude. Yeah, like, something tells me it wasn't just one sheik. Yeah, no, it's absolutely not. Um, but he was, he was uncritically reporting, basically, on, on the U.S.'s... Um, murderous invasion of of the sovereign nation of iraq yeah but um you know even i mean that so we should kind of put a pin in that little cia thing just something to think about listeners yeah yeah. but another thing about him and this is why i kind of wanted to talk about it with because he built his career really on his quote-unquote reporting of the banking crisis Mm -hmm. and you know the work that he did with this American life and with, you know, kind of like what birthed planet money or whatever was that, you know, there's like a quote where he's talking about the, the subprime mortgage system. And he says that nobody was coerced Mm. that this was a crisis caused by willing participation of every single person. And that's just a flat out, lie like that's not even just like kind of like painting a rosy picture like that's a flat out lie we know for a fact by actual reporters yeah that plenty of banks were cold calling people getting them to sign up for Uh, these subprime mortgages yeah so you know it's it's completely ridiculous I mean, he's one of those fucking people who's like, why is, like, why, you know, he talks about all these things happening, 
and never like he is firmly like a he's a stenographer and a propagandist for the the one percent yeah he you know he there's a kind of his strategy and this is very common in a lot of kind of centrist media mm-hmm. and i use that in the marxist sense not the weird political sense so he's like a stalinist not like a left communist no like, like a... centrist bourgeois oh okay i gotcha that um you know they kind of evade truths by exaggerating things to such a proportion that they can't that they kind of like um divert your attention from certain criminals and yeah. their liability and that's like exactly what um a lot of the project of their coverage of the 08 crisis was and their coverage has become kind of like canonical now for people trying to understand exactly what happened which is just a shame because there are and i will call them out right now uh-huh. there 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 are very very good people who did incredible work documenting and interrogating what happened and who was responsible including Eve Smith from Naked Capitalism yep. and her book Econ, which is excellent. I was really disappointed when I found out what actually was contained on that website, but <laughs> it's a great website. It is. It's like just not what you, I thought. Everyone should read it every day and give them money because they do incredible, incredible work. Shout out Eves. We had drinks one time. Too much sake. <laughs> um, but also David Dayen's book Chain of Title is incredible, um, and and if you want to understand like the mortgage industry and how things you know how all of these like bunk uh, mortgages were continually sold and resold and you know the the sort of state and federal policy that enabled all of this to happen check out that book also he is a great incredible reporter but yeah planet money npr npr is also in general yeah it is it is uh what scum music for scum people it is just like i i launched my career or re- let's say relaunched my career as a as a as a public figure once i got off junk by harshly aggressively and ultimately successfully going after the host of what's that fucking boogie down country show Prairie Home Companion. Oh, God. Uh, the guy, let me just a little aside about the Prairie Home Companion guy. Friend of a friend used to work. First of all, he, he sucked my friend, friend of a friend's dick. And then a friend of a friend who also worked with him, he would just walk into that motherfucker, like the Prairie Home Companion guy's office, and that guy would just be like, we'll call him in the office, like, hey, can you fix something on my screen? And then would just be porn playing. Uh, yeah, eventually, of course, he got fired for being a little too handsy. Uh, but my dad knew him in the 70s, and he uh, cheated on his wife with, like, a really young journalist and, like, left his wife for... Not my dad. Uh, Prey on Companions come back. Anyway, so NPR, that is just one of the many uh, villains. One thing that I'll... Just last thing I'll say about Adam Davidson is that there was... I remember this, that there was, like, one point during the Obama years where he... He made some, he said something where he was like, you know, it was kind of like at the height of Occupy. Uh Uh-huh. And he said something like, you know, Americans need to to grovel before Wall Street. Because without Wall Street, Americans would be much poorer. He said something to that effect. And it was like really egregious and crazy. So egregious to the point Uh that even... Matthew Iglesias. Dalton alumnus Matthew Iglesias. <laughs> Even my man Matthew Iglesias found it a little too yeah. untoward. And that guy was taught by Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> I mean, 
both Matt Iglesias and Adam Davidson have argued for the necessity of sweatshop labor. So uh, I'm surprised that they diverged here. That being said, shout yeah. out to Matt for calling him out, I guess. See you motherfuckers in prison. <laughs> anyway, that was a long detour. Hopefully you're still listening to the podcast and you're not annoyed at us. But fucking, why would anyone trust these obvious like well, obvious arms of the state? And they, they got Julie Brown in there. The you know the journalist downtown Julie Brown downtown Julie Brown of the uh, the song titular song, um, but uh, it's it's I'm telling you that name aside, do not trust anything that comes out of this podcast. I already listened to the preview. They 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 say uncritically that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. They don't say the death of Jeffrey Epstein. They don't say the mysterious murder of Jeffrey Epstein. They don't say the time that Jeffrey Epstein was strangled to death by a hitman paid by Bill and Hillary Clinton. They just say suicide. And that alone yeah, should give you also, pause. Yeah, also, I mean, first of all, it's called Broken. Yeah. Okay. One, shitty name, true on, way better. Absolutely. Two, Broken, which I thought referred to as Jeffrey Epstein's neck. Yep. Because... Obviously. Latest oh, broken thing about him. No, that's not what they're referring to. They're <laughs> referring to Brace. Our broken criminal justice system. I mean, for God's sakes. It's not broken. It's working as intended. Yeah. I mean, what's broken? I mean, these people are such... Don't be a sucker. Do not. And we know you won't be because you listen to Tronon. Absolutely. All right. That's my rant. I hate those fucking assholes. I gotta piss. Um, okay. Let's talk so, about. Let's talk about. Uh, excuse me, I was talking. Okay. okay. Right. Go ahead. Bitch. <laughs> <coughs> I'm gonna cough over you. <coughs> Go ahead. Um, Brace, we've got a lot of news to cover. Oh my god! So much is happening. Breaking, mm-hmm. breaking, breaking. Bracing news. Uh, Joy Ito has. Re- I'm not gonna pretend like I've never heard that name before last week. But Joy Ito has resigned. Joy Ito resigned from MIT. Okay, so can you talk about who that is? Joy Ito is the head of the MIT Media Lab who is uh, was has lately been under fire for taking vast amounts of money for Mr. Jeffrey Epstein. He apologized for it, and he apologized for taking specific amounts of money for them. It came out uh, last night uh, by... By Woody Allen's legitimate son, Ronan Farrow. Oh, Ronan Farrow had a new joint drop. Uh huh. And yeah, yeah. Damn, I love Farrow's <laughs> mixtapes, leading from his last. I don't know enough rap. Another one. Yeah, another another one. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ronan Farrow has has nutted once more in the pages of the New Yorker, and and exposed uh, some people I've never heard of for doing things that. I just assumed they were doing the whole time. So, last night, let's just say, by the way, Friday night, uh, this drops at, I mean, it was, I think I got it at like 6 p.m. So, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Friday. Mm-hmm. We in the biz call that a Friday news dump. Yeah, yeah. You don't drop repor- a major story. Because most purporters are deep dicking around 6 p.m. on a Friday night. No, that's just what it's called, Brace. You know that. Yeah, I know. Well, I was wait- waiting patiently, refreshing the front page of Medium for articles I might like. 
No, but I'm just saying, if you want to have a lot of eyes on a story, you don't uh-huh. publish it at Friday, 9 p.m., when no one's looking and everyone's gone home for the day. Yeah. So, Ronan Farrow, how an elite university research center concealed its relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. New documents show that the MIT Media Lab was aware of Epstein's status as a convicted sex offender and that Epstein directed contributions to the lab far exceeding the amounts MIT has publicly admitted. Yes, yes. And, and, and it's, it's fantastic because it rolls up two of my other favorite people, too. Well, before we get to that... Okay. Let's just go through some of the details in this article. Because... Basically, what the New Yorker has are emails. They yeah. they talked to someone blew the whistle mm-hmm. and sent them uh, email correspondence from people within uh, the MIT Media Lab, including the director of development. Yep, um, a bunch of people involved with fundraising. Um, basically, saying that. Everyone, so this was about in, I mean, up until like 2014, 2015, Mm -hmm. that everyone was aware of Jeffrey Epstein's status as an elite pedophile. Yes, and multiple people were aware that uh, Ito was taking money from from Epstein and meeting with him frequently. Yeah, not even just aware, but (coughs) aware to the point where they were asking how they should refer to him anonymously because they knew it was a bad idea Mm -hmm. to have Epstein formal name associated with the media lab. And a couple of those people have resigned uh, in the past week, including one one who wrote one of the funniest medium apologies I've ever read because it frames all this in terms of like privilege and stuff. Oh my gosh, this is so good. Wait. So, this is just this is just part of it. This is the three asterisks like they this is, they added this And this is sorry, this is from uh this is from Eth- Ethan Zuckerman. Uh, who who was a uh, I think a professor or something at the oh shit let me figure this out sorry I don't know what he actually it doesn't say what he does there what sandwich did you get chicken pesto it's very good I just got really hungry I just got really hungry so too. oh my god look at this guy oh boy this guy so. This is by Ethan Zuckerman, who was the uh, the Ethics uh, Center for Media, Civic Media, and Civic Media Associate Professor, and the director for Center for Civic Media. Uh, he um, he wrote a long Medium post about why he quit, and he's known about it since 2014. So couldn't have really wanted to quit. Kind of just quit. Oh, when five it years. Came out. Yeah, just known about this for five years. It's just been half a decade, and yeah, kind of. Had some thoughts. So he, there's a lot of, in the, in the whole apology, there is a lot of like, you know, talking about, he uses the word privilege several times about his privilege to do certain things. And he uses it in the sort of like the, the, the common like academic way or whatever. But there's a postscript where he says, a friend pointed out that I was able to choose to step away from the media lab because of my privilege. I've got money in the bank. I've got a supportive partner. I'm at a stage in my career where I can reasonably believe I'll find another high prestige job. I'm a cisgendered straight white dude. She wanted me to be clear about the fact that not everyone is going to be able to make the same decisions I did. Uh, 
there's more, but let me just pause right there. Obviously, one of these people who still works at MIT was like, um, excuse me, uh, sir, you are, and it's much easier for you to stop associating with the pedophile institution that does, like, basically shit for the CIA because you're a man, <laughs> as opposed to me because I need to keep working for the CIA Department of Defense, Jeffrey Epstein Cis Rape white Institution. men have a privilege. It's insane. Like, um, you, but let me be clear. You guys were taking pedophile money knowingly for years and years and years. Yes, that is cis white male privilege. Yeah, it is it's it is absurd to me to frame it in these terms. Because all of these people are, yeah, it is No, he's go- just, it's such, non, it's all nonsense. All of the, whatever, I don't need to go, never mind. I know, but yeah, <laughs> it, it just, it's just especially funny in this case. Because it's like, yeah, your cisgendered privilege. I'm sorry that all the, yeah, women are. Don't get me started on privilege. <laughs> I can't. I don't need I to. Can't, I can't quit taking the pedophile money because I'm gay. <laughs> okay. Oh no, that was me imitating a guy. <laughs> okay, so I just another thing that apparently um, Joe Ito, or is it Joy? Joy. Joy. Joy Ito. Excuse me. <laughs> this is a quote which really like stuck out to me again. What is going on? Talk about the rot in our institutions, by the way. Mm-hmm. The effort to conceal the lab's contact with Epstein was so widely known that some staff in the office of the lab's director, Joy Ito, referred to Epstein as Voldemort, oh. or, quote, he who should not be named. You just added another 10 years on these motherfucker sentences. I mean, first, okay, one, read another fucking book. Mm-hmm. Two, stop reading these books. Yeah, well... I think I might, like, join the crazy caliphate people and just say, let's just ban Harry Potter. Yeah. Until well, we can figure out what the hell is going on. I can tell you what's going on. I mean, look at look at who uh, J.K. Rowling supports. Noted. Lib Dems, right? Well, before that, mm. a noted supporter of friend of Jeffrey Epstein, Tony Blair. Yes, of so course. So, Mr. Harry Potter is not is it's not pure from the the Epstein fallout. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's 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 he has resigned. He resigned. Uh, Before we get to some more meat in this article, I do want to mention just something funny that there was, before he resigned and before the Ronan Farrow um, piece came out, that there was a petition with uh, 226 signatories of students or um, people affiliated with MIT Media Lab basically um, coming, like, coming in support of of Ito and basically saying we don't want him to resign, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. All of this came out before the the Pharaoh piece. Um, you know, here's a quote. We greatly admire the courage behind Joyce's public apology for his connections to Epstein and his commitment to financial restitution. Blah, 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 blah. We pride ourselves on our ability to rise above complex challenges and with openness and rationality, improve ourselves and the world around us. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but what's great, so this is at we support joy, J-O-I.org. Uh-huh. What's great is at the top of it, there's a new addendum that says in italics, this petition was drafted by students on August 26, 2019 and signed by members to show their support of joy and his apology. Given when community members added their names to this petition, the signatures should not be read as continued support of joy, staying on as Media Lab Director following the most recent revelations in the September 6th New Yorker article by Ronan Farrow. Uh, I am adding <laughs> your name to this. Uh, no! You know, it's great. Actually, I can see all the names of the people who've signed this. So Claudia Robena, Hildreth England, 
Temptation. Daniel Poitrast. What Your is, names will be here for eternity. What is that? Brace Belden? No, that's a different Brace Belden. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, yeah, it's nothing to do with me. All right, so back to the piece. You mentioned that two big names came up in there. Yes. Willie Gates. Willie Gatey Gates. Mr. Eugenics himself. Billy and Bob. Billy Bob. Microsoft. Bobby Bobenstein. Microsoft penis. <laughs> wow, that's a real. That's a that's a combo by two favorite things. Uh, and we're we, talking about just to be clear, we're talking about Bill Gates. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just to be clear, we're talking about micro penises and soft penises. <laughs> and then we have Leon Black. Mr. All right. So before we get into that guy. Who in my head, I don't actually have a picture of him in my head, but I imagine, like, the penguin. Leon Black? Like, I just imagine the penguin from, like, who was who played the penguin? Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito played Ugh. the penguin. I was so scared of that movie, by the way, when I was a kid. I, like, couldn't watch it. But uh, that, like, when you go, like, Leon Black looks fish. like Fat Epstein. I'm not even going to look because <laughs> I'm going to preserve the, like, yeah. penguin in the top hat and the shitty suit. Uh-huh. Like, that's... Leon Black. I have some bad news for you, Liz. What? He's Polish. You know, is he though? Yeah, he's Polish. His dad's from Poland. Well, second generation. Yeah. Is he Jewish or Catholic? He is black. He's not Jewish. <laughs> no, he's, he's Jewish. He's Jewish. Um, His dad was a okay, rabbi. Okay, before we get to Leon Black, because we're going to have to tread a little lightly there, let's talk a little bit about Bill Gates. So, Zach, can you run through the uh, allegations in here that Ronan Farrow makes? So, basically, Jeffrey Epstein was the guy who was taking Bill Gates' money and giving it to MIT. And it's it's Bill Gates, I believe, has said that his like his only involvement with Jeffrey Epstein before was some like financial guidance, right? Or some no, because you know that's what Leon Black said. Well, and Bill Gates was like, you know, he was helping out. It was philanthropic activities. Right. Epstein was helping out. If I'm going to look, yeah, that's what I always do. If I need someone to help me out with philanthropy, I call out the biggest child raper I know. <laughs> give them two mil. Say, spend this however you want. Let me know. Call me in the morning, honey. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he gave a two million dollar gift from Bill Gates to the MIT Media Lab. That's, yeah. So, I mean, that's what we know about, by the way. Yeah, obviously, there. I mean, it's, and, and again, this is why you can listen to us and not these other podcasts. There's definitely more. Yeah, so they, so Ito and Epstein, according to emails and mm-hmm. people that Farrow and other New Yorker reporters, I'm assuming, talked to, <laughs> sources they're called, um, that Ito and Epstein had also, you know, they were trying to, basically establish huge influxes of cash to the MIT Media Lab using Epstein as a contact, like, point person for, like, various, like, other people who have not been named. Yeah. So what's unfortunate is that, or it's it's not just unfortunate, it's also unsurprising, mm. um, is that Gates' involvement, you know, I think is a little downplayed, and I hope that that people want to take a more close look at Bill Gates, not just because of the Epstein, obvious Epstein connections with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and their work in Africa, yeah, but also in general taking a look at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which is, you know, we've sort of, um, so I, I believe we've t- mentioned previously a lot of their philanthropic work overseas 
and yeah. some of the stuff they do concerning like overpopulation. But they've also, par- I believe, they've partnered a lot with the Clinton Foundation on those kind of like microfinancing, yeah, microloaning. And programs. yeah, and you know, remember that Melinda Gates is a devout Catholic too. <laughs> but there's also like the Bill and Melinda Gates. I mean, and particularly Bill Gates. I mean, they did some horrible work, basically instituting the charter school system yes. in the United States. And that pretty much started, from what I recall, in Washington State. Mm-hmm. And it took them about a good, like, five years of, like, just constantly campaigning and losing because charter schools were not popular in Washington State. The yeah. Basically, people voted against these bills, like, four times in a row or uh-huh. something. And then they had poured so much money into these campaigns that they were able to secure massive educational contracts, which is also, by the way, federal contracts, Mm -hmm. to expand these charter school programs that have all been a fucking disaster. Sounds like Zuckerberg's program uh, with with Booker. Yes, it's very similar. Um, So, you know, I I saw a kind of... I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised. I'm not going to name names because I'm going to be a nice girl today because I'm in a good mood. But um, I saw a kind of incredulous tweet earlier that uh-huh. said something from a, from a big, big account yeah. that said something like, not Bill Gates. Oh, no, no. Like, what am I learning? And they're being very serious. And <sighs> I was a little concerned yeah. that people seem to somehow think that they're, these people are like good or untouchable baseline bad the pedophilia and stuff just makes it worse but i mean like bill gates work on like massively privatizing our public school system is well documented yeah and also their 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 obsession with overpopulation in the i mean mean, in 2017 their foundation pledged 375 million dollars towards family planning in the third world um, yeah, and that that let me be clear here. I've said this before on other podcasts. A you can have a hundred kids in some of these countries and not do a fucking fraction of the uh, of the impact to their environment that someone in say Des Moines does. I mean, it's 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 totally ridiculous. You know, they should they should lower the population by two if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? <laughs> or one of our fans should. Yeah, and and so, yeah, Bill and Melinda Gates are fucking villains. And again, like, Bill Gates was friends with Jeffrey Epstein through this whole thing. You were giving a pedophile, convicted pedophile, millions of dollars to give to MIT. Who knows what else they dig up together? We'll find out. Um, another person, should we start talking about Leon Black? Leon Black! Um, I want to tread a little lightly I'll here. stick to just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> I can read you a poem this Pablo very, Neruda. Yeah, this is a very powerful man. I can read you a poem Pablo Neruda wrote about his father. Oh, is that true? Uh, I won't, I can read the whole poem. He did write, yeah, about the United Why? Fruit Company. Oh. Well, the United Fruit Company, let me, all right, wait, let's wait, back wait, up wait, here. Wait, let's wait, back wait, up wait. here, let's back up here. Wait, Leon, okay, wait. Leon Black. Who is Leon Black? He is a bajillionaire. Yes. Uh, he in manages charge of Apollo Investments. Yes. That's like one of the world's largest private equity firms. They own everything. And it's, uh, 
He is the son, the spawn of a man, a Polish man, named Eli Black. Stop saying Polish like it's my fault. Well, I'm just saying there's only... Well, I'm, I'm... I know you don't support Poland, like, as a country. Well, it should be a protectorate. Ugh. Under it's it's the little cousin. I'm gonna protectorate you. You what? Are you want to act like Poland to me? Then you'll lose. That's no. The whole, I'll be Russia to your Poland. Uh, not happening, baby. Here, uh, Eli Black, <laughs> coming from the ancestral homes of Liz Frenzak. No. <laughs> came to America. I think he was a rabbi for a while, and uh, don't read into that. And then later controlled but wormed his way and he really did he finessed his way into controlling a little company called the united fruit company the united fruit company which throughout the 20th century was basically uh they 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 were attached to the hip to the u.s military um i'm pretty sure that the united fruit company single-handedly overthrew a government once. Most, I, well, single-handedly overthrew one government, at least one government. At least. But, uh, like, for example, what United Fruit Company got up to. In, I think, 28, there was this thing called the Banana Massacre where all these... all these 1928. 1928, yeah. There were all these workers in Colombia on strike. And it was it was a combination of the Socialist parties, the Liberal parties, the Communist Party. And they wanted things like, I want to only work six days a week, no company stores... Uh, I don't want to live in the... I, we want hygienic barracks instead of the barracks we have to live in. Pretty wow, reasonable demand. insane. Demands. That's so insane. Exactly. They went on strike. <laughs> and they were threatened uh, by the U.S. government that they were going to send in the United States Marine Corps to Colombia if these people did not get back to work. Right. Uh, eventually, of course, the Colombian army, afraid at losing uh, the, the contract with United Fruit Company, and I'm sure... Encouraged financially by our 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 sure Eli, Eli we, always, predecessors. we always gotta sweeten the deal. Yes, uh, came in and massacred thousands of people. Uh, it's in that Gabriel Garcia Marquez fucking book. I never read. Yeah, they talk about it in that. Uh, Pablo Neruda calls it uh, the dictatorship of flies because they 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 they. It was adventure. It's like it, it's it's almost like a CIA front company before there was a CIA. Right. Like they, and if if there was a death squad in a Central or South American country, it was at the fruit company. It was the fucking fruit company behind it. They were also involved, and in, I believe uh, uh, in Vietnam with the CIA. Yes. And uh, and there's a reason the Banana Republics are called as such because they were basically nations held in thrall to companies, uh, mostly actually just the United Fruit Company. And now and, they just sell. Ugly skirts to overweight secretaries. Is that true? I'm secretaries, not- if you listen to that and your feelings are hurt, our the true and on DMs are open. Let give Liz a taste of your mind. Uh, so, uh, Eli Black was found to have uh, Leon Black's father. Leon Black's father was found to have bribed the Honduran president. Mm. I think seventy-eight uh, with like one point two million dollars. Mm-hmm. He goes up to his office on the forty-fourth floor. Breaks the window with his briefcase and takes a leap. Dies. Whoops. Yep. See did he break, hell, did bitch. He, did he break his hyoid bone? Uh, my man's hyoid bone was broken in three places. <laughs> <laughs> and so was our justice system. Yes. I know. It's just another ca- It's just another case of this horrible justice system that th- we need restorative justice or else Leon Black wouldn't be in the situation I'm looking he's forward in. to NPR doing a whole thing on Leon Black. Yeah. Well, no, he's not going to prison, so who gives a fuck? Uh, okay. Yeah, so-, so Leon Black is his son and is in charge of a bunch of money. That should not... Yeah, I'm flipping out on this. 
uh, and and also donated a ton, more money than Bill Gates to the MIT uh, Media Lab. Uh, yeah, Leon Black. Um, he yeah. So do you know anything about Apollo Management? Uh, they own Blackwater, right? Well, okay. Bef- before that, he co-founded. I, I believe Apollo comes about in the nineties. Uh huh. Um, so Apollo Global Management is one of the biggest private equity firms, like we said. Uh-huh. They've got, I think it's about like $250 billion in investment commitments. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, it's so, like, the, I think it's the go, second largest asset firm. When numbers go over like a billion for me, or actually I'm going to be real with you. When money goes over like 100000 to me, I'm like, it's all the same. So Leon Black has been implicated in connection with Jeffrey Epstein prior to the MIT article. Yes. I can't remember how. He was in the black book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was in the black book. Um, and he, so he's, he's been kind of a figure, a sort of, let's, as, they, as the e-girls say it, an orbiter. So one thing he did is that he gave Epstein access to like the senior leadership of Apollo. Like he he basically right, right, right. facilitated him hanging out with this. He and his fucking horrible kids, who I'm <laughs> sure will be absolute psychopaths as well. Uh, just kidding, Leon. If you're listening to this, they're cool. Uh, especially if your daughter's hot. I uh, I will fuck her. Uh, but, um, Grace. Sorry. So he invested in like companies alongside Epstein and his fucking children. Yeah. Uh, like in in like I think 2014 or something. No, 2011. So it's like it's yeah, it's a long-standing relationship. Yeah, exactly. So this isn't the first time Mr. Black. I mean, such an evil name too. Mr. Black has shown up uh, in connection with Jeffrey. No, but it goes a little deeper than that. So let, how do we tease this out? Leon Black, uh, he purchased what? What company? In I believe it was in what two thousand. So in 2016, he bought Blackwater. Blackwater? Why does that sound familiar? You might remember them from a little massacre in Iraq, which nobody got in any fucking trouble for whatsoever. Um, well, actually, I don't think anyone would remember that because people have no yeah, memory actually, you're right. of anything no. to do with Iraq. And but they might remember the name Eric Prince. Yes. Who is Betsy DeVos's brother. Mm-hmm. And in currently engaged in building a private air force. Yes. Not called Blackwater, but... That's where he kind of, yeah, he used to be at Blackwater, mm-hmm. um, which is a private mercenary firm. Absolutely. That was heavily contracted mm-hmm. during the Iraq invasion. And also, many people forget, uh, in New Orleans after Katrina. Yeah. And one of their famous... That was the, the first time, supposedly, a private mercenary firm was deployed to, quote unquote, securitize situation and they in killed a New ton Orleans. of people did they i don't i it's it's well yeah. of course like records are like kind of sketchy after that but no they opened fire and killed people so yeah because there's basically for people that don't know there's pretty much martial law in new orleans yeah. after katrina and 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 it was particularly martial law in certain neighborhoods yes too, of well course and we can remember the low what was his name the lone sniper american sniper uh, claims to have killed a bunch of people from like on top of a uh, like the Superdome or something. It totally right. absurd, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did murder. I mean, if if Mr. America allegedly, sniper. this is all alleged. He's dead. Who gives a shit? Okay. What's his name? Our homeboy. Uh, our homeboy. 
Um, Jesse Ventura won a lawsuit against his wife. <laughs> Don't call him our homeboy. We're on the same side as Jesse Ventura. <laughs> the side of truth. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to Blackwater. So, Brace, as you were saying, there was a big scandal with them. So Blackwater, now owned by Apollo Management, mm-hmm. although I believe they're trying to divest, although maybe they've paused on that. Uh, you were saying there was a big scandal... In 2007. In 2007. Can you explain what happened? Uh, in Nasur Square in Iraq, they were, I believe, escorting people. Um, like It was like a convoy of Blackwater guards. And that's like, that's, it was in Iraq, it was at one point, I think it was like 50% private contractors. And I think it actually, the, the, the contractors outstripped the actual like U.S. soldiers there at one point. Um, yeah, I know. I think that was like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the whole that like, the army is try, like the government is trying to do that right now. I don't give a shit. I hope they both kill each other. But mm-hmm. it's it's at one point the Blackwater guards were driving and uh, they say they got spooked by something. They heard a gunshot or got right. spooked. It's kind of unclear. And then they just opened fire. Yeah. And they killed seventeen people and wounded a lot more. Yes. Uh, of and course, the Iraqis were very upset about this. Understandably so, because they're like, well, these guys aren't even in your army. They're just here. They're mercenaries. Mercenaries. And, and you know, in, in Iraq, the traffic laws that, like, regular Iraqis had to obey were, like, absurd. And they added all this, like, it's like you couldn't even drive on certain streets where, right. like, uh, like, American vehicles were. And these people, like, it's not like they... Well, they I mean, call it an occupation for a reason. Exactly. Uh, and And so I think... What's crazy is so that after that happens, there were investigations, not just internal investigations, but there were congressional investigations as well. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that was really um, wild about the event was that the people from, I keep just wanting to call them corporate mercenaries because that's what we are and we should yeah. call them by their name, mm-hmm. just like the movie says, um, is that they were... When the corporate mercenaries were interviewed yeah. by, I believe it was the State Department, they were supposedly given immunity. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge scandal. And so Congress starts looking into why the hell were a bunch of contracted, basically contracted killers yeah. given immunity when they were the ones responsible for... The incident. Well, exactly. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. But remember, remember that the CIA also hired Blackwater of to course. conduct killings around the world. I don't think it says they didn't do any. But I mean, what the fuck do you think? Put two and do so together. So it gets even weirder, Brace. Uh huh. Because and this is how I'm going to bring it back to Little Epstein. Okay. Is that do you know who was privy to those discussions and questioned about it by Congress about the immunity deal? Who? Mr. John Negroponte. John Negroponte. Why Do you remember is the name him? Negroponte. Negroponte. So not just that, but John Negroponte is the elder brother of one Nicholas Negroponte. No. Who Nicholas Negroponte, for those listeners who don't know, founded the MIT Media Lab. Get the fuck out. So to bring it back. Maybe we have to talk a little bit about the MIT Media Lab. I'm not totally sure. The MIT Media Lab is basically um, a school for research Mm -hmm. and experimental research on new technologies, mostly focusing on the way that humans interact with 
computer software, internet, AI, AI, etc. It's quite famous because it was it was found. So Negroponte, Nicholas Negroponte, to be clear, not the brother, who is the State Department under President Bush. But um, Nicholas Negroponte founds uh, MIT Media Lab, and I believe it was late sixties. Yeah. Prior to that, he was actually a military contractor. And mm-hmm. this is something that we probably don't have time to totally get into. But a lot of people have a kind of very vague and incorrect understanding of the kind of the birth of the internet and computing technology. Yeah. And they kind of think there's some like a bunch of hippies and a bunch of hackers. We took some acid, discovered we're just all connected. Like, utopian idealist and then things went awry but that's not really what happened actually at all and um in the case of say the the mit media lab but also in the case of the west coast version of the mit media lab the lab at stanford out of which google emerges the state has i mean they're these are basically extensions of the u.s state and i don't mean that in a conspiratorial way i mean that in like all of their they're completely funded by DOD. And the internet itself is a project that emerges out of ARPA, which is a government program. Yeah. And so um, journalists like Yasha Levine have done excellent work documenting mm-hmm. a lot of the kind of forgotten and or um, brushed over histories, purposely brushed over histories, of documenting how, you know, in the wake of the kind of insurgent right like (laughs) insurgency in the united states i mean i think a lot of people don't understand like it's not just these peaceful protests that are happening with vietnam like entire college campuses are being occupied there are bombings there are massive violent confrontations kidnappings killings so the state and you know the united states looked at the internet and kind of these emerging or kind of that as a tool, as a way to, as, as, as a kind of counterinsurgency tool yeah. for surveillance. And so the Media Lab, and again, Stanford as well, and the companies that emerge out of these, you know, whatever the incubators or exactly. whatever we want to call them. It's totally creepy. Yeah, these fucking godless I freaks. was born in one, but I'm, I'm one of the Actually, good ones. Actually, I was a jaundiced baby. They put me in a little incubator. You were jaundiced? Mm-hmm. But you're so colorful now. Thank you. Incubator worked. <laughs> um, but so, the companies that emerge, um, specifically Google, but also just literally the internet itself, yeah. which emerges out of MIT, are, there's not a kind of like, oh, the state uses them, oh, this is a partnership. No, they are directly extensions of the state apparatus. Tentacles from the same octopus. Yeah, and so, you know, to the point where Google, or whatever they were calling themselves as they come out of Stanford, their first contracts for the search engine that they're developing Mm -hmm. are with DOD and the State Department and the NSA, however we want to divide all that up. I mean, MIT, I think it's it's known to be like a CIA school, basically. Like as as Yale as Yale is like a is is for like CIA top brass kind Bureaucrat of people. Bureaucrat spooks. Exactly. MIT is like where a lot of that stuff comes from. I mean, some of the shit that I've been reading about is there is an Institute 
for soldier nanotechnology at MIT, where they try to come up. This was found in like 2002, where they came up with things like molecular chain mail. Yes. And like crazier night vision goggles and stuff like that. It's yeah. like one of those things where like MIT is a part of the military industrial complex, right. without a doubt. Yes. Much like Jeffrey Epstein. Mm-hmm. Well, funny you should mention. But that's, you know, I think that we, I personally, because um, a lot of this stuff is like a big hobby horse of mine, mm-hmm. and I think it's really important, and a lot of people don't really, I don't think people really understand a lot of this history or know a lot of this history. and Yeah, really, or disconnected from the present. Yeah, and I think Silicon Valley and these agencies are so opaque mm-hmm. and, you know, by design that I would really like to devote some time to kind of explicating this to our lovely angel baby listeners who I love very much. Absolutely. So we got to get like Scahill on the horn. Yeah. We got to get Greenwald. We'll get Levine. Yeah. All these guys that work for Piero Midyar. <laughs> oh, whoops. Oh, whoops. Well, the guy. Uh, so it's, um, yeah, Negroponte's brother was like went up on stage. Oh, recently. Yeah, after, yeah, yeah, yeah. after Mr. Ito was, was apologized, he was like, yeah, it was cool to take the money. I would take it again. Yeah. Uh, whoops. Yeah. A bunch of people were like, boo. And he's like, I meant wouldn't take yeah, again. I mean, I would take the money and throw it in the trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that did. And apparently, Joe Ito was like really pissed. He's like, how could you do that? I was trying to make things right. It's like, yeah, right, bitch. Look what's happening to you now. Yeah. Well, one of them works for DOD and one of them doesn't, apparently. I'm sure they both do. Yeah, probably. What are you talking about? They probably about? don't even know they do, but they do. Yeah, fucking. I'm um, smarter than both Okay, these guys. so just to kind of like, let me just zoom out before we sign off for the evening. Mm-hmm. But I just want to be clear I'm not alleging any kind of conspiracy between all of these actors. I don't believe that um, John Negroponte was talking to Nicholas Negroponte about Blackwater, who was talking to Leon Black, who was talking to Jeffrey Epstein. Absolutely. Who was talk- it's all coincidence. No. Well, no, that's not. That's not even the point. The point is, is that regardless of people talking to each other face to face or agreements being made about certain things, and in, in a lot of cases, and explicitly in the case of MIT, that was that was happening. Yeah. But that all of these players and all of these names keep coming up for a reason. Yes. And that these this sort of circles of these elite power players that handle massive amounts of uh, private equity in the case of Leon Black, massive amounts of military uh, technology, contracts. Contracts in the case of MIT, massive amounts of quote unquote philanthropic aka imperial work in the global south in mm-hmm. the case of Leon Black. Well, Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Oh, excuse me. Bill. Yeah, yeah, Bill Gates. Exactly. And also mercenary private yeah. militaries in the case of Blackwater. Yeah. That all of these are intimately connected. They and are it literally. Yeah. It, like, yes. it's, it's These people all know each other. This They're is friendly. the it's picture like, of the state that we're trying to give. It's not, it's not just like the state isn't just like the State Department or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez clapping back in Congress. This is all part of the state. Yes. And the apparatus. Yeah. So um, I want Yeah. So I just want to be clear about that. But I, I, you know, I think that I'd really like to devote some episodes to the kind of history of the Internet and surveillance complex. 
Yeah. And a lot of that with DOD and CIA is very fascinating. Um, but I'll, I'll promise our listeners this. We will do that. But Mr. Adam Davidson at NPR is not going to give you any of that. Nothing. He's not he even can't even you give a- you the bankers. He can't deliver the bankers to you in the financial crisis. I can get you a banker in an hour. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my solemn... That's just... I wanted to make that clear. Yeah, so basically, like, MIT is included in that, in that array. Uh, I mean, that a lot web of, of people. It's not just MIT, and it's not like this is some secret hub. It's the idea that all of our institutions are funded and shaped by all of these same... Forces. Forces of money, forces of influence, of power. And, you know, again, to be clear, at bottom, as always in any tragedy, at bottom of all of this are the bodies of young girls. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is a hell of a way to end an episode. So, <laughs> uh, thank you once again for joining us. Wait, can you say something cheery? That was dark. Okay. Uh, well, mm, so I've been sketching this whole time Jeffrey Epstein's penis. No, not that. That's not cheery, Brace. six iPads no. that I have. Uh, let's Will just, you just tell me something sweet? Um, hmm. Uh, uh, Trump uh, was right about the Alabama thing. Uh, that was awesome. That was so, what the dumbest thing to get mad about in the world. Uh, who is getting mad about this shit? It's Insane so stupid. people. These people online, you know, and by the way, a lot of them call themselves leftists. I don't think the people mad about the Alabama thing. Do uh, I can show you some people. I don't. I don't want to see it. I know you don't, but maybe you got to. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. Don't. Okay, you're never gonna win. You're never gonna win. It's, it who doesn't cares? matter. It doesn't matter. The Alabama thing doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares? You're not gonna impeach him for it. Yeah. He's just gonna get more powerful. Yeah, it's so stupid. Just fucking. Step out. Step away from the culture war. I'm uh, begging you. That's the weather war. Step away from the culture war. That's the weather Ta- war. Get out of the culture warrior yoga pose that you're stuck in and fucking... Buy a high-powered rifle. Vote for Bernie Sanders. Bitch. Well, yeah, okay, either or situation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you once again for joining us in the depths of genius. Uh, I'm the sorry. genius bar. Sorry, I was doing type to t- uh, talk to text. Uh, thank you for joining us at the genius bar. Uh, <laughs> this has been your host, Brace Negroponte. <laughs> and Lizon Elizabeth Black. Elizabeth Blackwater. And, uh, <laughs> and Joy Ito. Our producer. <laughs> our producer, Noam, uh, excuse me, Young Chomsky. And, uh, yeah, from here at MIT Media Lab Studios, we'll see you next week. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.